Welcome back to the Plane Crash Diaries with me, your host and pilot, Desmond Latham. Strap in this week because it's all about lightning. We're looking at one crash in particular, the Lovettsville air disaster, which took place on August 31st, 1940, near the town of Lovettsville in Virginia, United States. There were 21 passengers and four crew on board. All 25 died in the accident, including U.S. Senator Ernest Lundin from Minnesota. As you'll hear, his death was regarded as extremely sinister because he was under FBI investigation at the time. But we'll get to that in a while. The plane was a brand new Douglas DC-3A operated by Pennsylvania Central Airlines. It was flying through an intense thunderstorm at 6,000 feet en route from Washington to Detroit. The journey for the doomed passengers and crew had started in Washington and there was a planned stopover in Pittsburgh the plane took off late from Washington due to thunderstorm activity. Numerous witnesses reported seeing a large flash of lightning shortly before the plane nosed over and plunged to earth in an alfalfa field. With limited accident investigation tools at the time, it was at first believed that the most likely cause was the plane flying into wind shear, but the Civil Aeronautics Board report concluded that the probable cause was a lightning strike. Trip 19, as it was designated, was under the command of Captain Lowell V. Scroggins with First Officer J. Paul Moore. The pilot and co-pilot had over 11,000 and 6,000 hours experience respectively, although only a few hundred of those hours were on DC-3s. A new airline employee was also flying in the third seat between the two pilots. It's called the jump seat. He'd only just been hired on August 26th. The CAB investigation of the accident was the first major investigation to be conducted under the Bureau of Air Commerce Act of 1938. What caused the crash was not immediately determined. The plane was flying in the midst of a terrific thunderstorm with the rain falling heavily and a thick fog obscuring visibility. It had left Washington at 3.18pm, the takeoff being delayed because of bad weather for almost half an hour. It was scheduled to arrive in Pittsburgh at 4 o'clock but was late. The aircraft was also flying through the thunderstorm and hit turbulence, and that's when it nosed over and plunged to earth near Short Hill Mountain, close to the Blue Ridge Mountains. It was the first fatal airline accident in 17 months, and the worst in all U.S. airline history at the time. Pennsylvania Central flew between Norfolk, Virginia, and Milwaukee. It had never had a crash in 13 years of operation. It came down at flying at high speed straight into the field of a fulfa, then ricocheted 50 yards into a nearby cornfield. There it disintegrated completely, with the wings detaching, the cabins split open like seed pods, said some, while the engines burst from their nacelles. The force was so extreme that the bodies of a passenger and a stewardess were flung almost 1,500 feet from the crash. From what little was left of the plane, it was hard to tell what had happened exactly, except that the pilot had his engines running at full power when it hit the ground. Witnesses said the aircraft was in a 45-degree dive moments before it struck the earth. The Senate threatened an investigation because it was the second U.S. senator to die in an airline crash within five years. The first witness reports corroborated the technical facts. As the transport, a Douglas DC-3, passed over the village, the roar of its twin engines could be heard distinctly above the rumble of the storm. Then a crash was heard above the rumble of the thunder. Residents ran out into the storm and searched, finding the wreck in the field near the mountain. The searchers found the plane in small pieces. Terribly scattered about the debris were the bodies of the passengers and crew mangled beyond immediate identification. As I've said, the victims had been thrown out by the impact and the bodies were spread over an area of several hundred yards on the soggy field. 
So scattered were the people and the material that the searchers thought at first the plane must have been hit by an explosion. But there had been no explosion, and it was found that one of the pilots had managed to throw the ignition switch off before the plane hit the ground that was to try and stop a fire from breaking out. There was evidence of only one small blaze in a tyre torn from the undercarriage, apparently caused by the friction of the impact, and the rain extinguished this fire so quickly that the rubber was only smouldering when the searchers arrived. Although the victims were spared and end by fire, they were so crushed that the first searchers could not determine the number of dead and it had to be ascertained from airlines records. Finding the passengers and crew were beyond all help, the local residents at the scene ran back to telephones and summoned the police. Alan W. Brown was a witness who was one of the first at the crash site afterwards and described the scene of chaos. The fact that the thunder showers had caused the roads and rivers to flood made the situation more difficult. The rain had also washed the scene clean, so in minutes the blood of the dead and other fluids were washed away. Brown described how there were a number of still-laced shoes with men's feet in them snapped off at the ankle bones by the force of the impact. Also lots of empty men's shoes lying around with the back centre seams burst down to the heel. That detail indicated the plane had hit the ground belly first. Conspiracy theorists have had a field day with this one, though. The cause of the crash that killed the first-term farmer-labour senator remains shrouded in mystery nearly three-quarters of a century later. In fact, the FBI has never officially closed the books on its investigation into the possibility that sabotage might have caused what was then America's worst aviation disaster. The reason is that Lundin, an isolationist who had as a member of the U.S. House 23 years earlier, voted against the declaration of war against Germany and was also accused of being a Nazi sympathizer, who was reportedly under investigation by the FBI. The fact that there were two FBI agents on the plane with him when it hit the ground full speed at 300 miles per hour gave some credence to these reports. The sensational charges then prompted the Senate to order an investigation into the crash a month later, even though FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover denied that the two agents killed in the crash had Lundin under surveillance. It was just a coincidence. And the coroner's inquest in the county where the crash occurred concluded it was the result of a violent thunderstorm, a possible lightning strike on the plane, and possibly pilot error. There are a few ironies here. For example, a year earlier, In 1939, Senator Bronson Cutting of New Mexico was killed in a plane crash. And Senator Lundin himself had pushed for legislation that ended up creating the Civil Aeronautics Board. It was the self-same board that then compiled the report into the Lovettsville crash, which included the death of the Senator Lundin himself. The 87-page final report was published in November 1940, and concluded the accident probably was caused by an extraordinary lightning effect. The report notes that the fact that all metal airplanes are frequently struck by lightning with no injurious results, and that the character of the lightning discharge as well as its effect on the airplane and crew in the present instance must be regarded as an extremely unusual occurrence. It added, nothing within the ordinary range of experience and no combination of events of which the occurrence could be regarded as at all likely would have sufficed to have produced this accident. I'm getting to the short story of lightning and its effect on airplanes in a moment, but first we need to mention a recent crash of a Russian passenger plane that erupted in a ball of fire on the runway of Moscow's busiest airport, killing 41 people after the pilot said the plane had been hit by lightning. This was in May 2019. 
The official report has not been finalized, but investigators are probing lightning as the cause of the blaze after the Sukhoi Superjet 100 had to return to Sheremetyevo Airport shortly after takeoff. Pilot Denis Yevdokimov told Russian media that craft lost communication and needed to switch to emergency control mode because of lightning on the Aeroflot flight to the Arctic city of Murmansk. But it's not clear if the lightning hit the plane itself. The pilot said the crew managed to restore communication through the emergency frequency on a radio connection, but the link was only for a short time and kept cutting out. It was possible to say only a few words. Videos on social media, for example, showed the Aeroflot plane crash landing and then bouncing and speeding along the runway with flames pouring from its fuselage. Passengers can be seen leaping into an inflatable slide at the front and running from the blazing plane as columns of black smoke billowed into the sky. Another video shot inside the cabin showed roaring flames outside the window and passengers shouting in panic. Ev Dokimov said he believed the plane burst into flames on landing, most likely because of full fuel tanks and a hard landing. Nine people were hospitalized, three with serious injuries. Several of the 78 people on board say they believed lightning was the cause of the tragedy, which came at the end of several days of public holidays following Workers' Day on May 1st. One passenger said he saw a flash of white light before the plane turned around. Another called Pyotr Igorov told media that we had just taken off when the plane was hit by lightning. The landing was very hard. We almost passed out from fear. The plane bounced on the tarmac like a grasshopper and burst into flames on the ground. That jet, carrying 73 passengers and five crew, left Sheremetyevo at 6.02 p.m. and the crew issued a distress signal shortly afterwards. Russia's national carrier was once notorious for its poor safety record, but in recent years its image has improved and it's not had a fatal accident in more than a decade until this incident. The Russian Sukhoi Superjet 100, however, has been dogged with problems since its launch in 2011. In 2012, a superjet performing at an Indonesian air show flew straight into the side of a volcano, killing all 45 members on board. Indonesia blamed the crash on pilot error. Let's take a look at the short history of lightning and aviation. The most famous example, which of course has been disputed, was the explosion and crash of the Hindenburg Zeppelin, where lightning was initially blamed. It's now thought that a build-up of static led to that incident. There have been many incidents and accidents linked to lightning. In June 1959, for example, a Lockheed L-1649A Starlander, operated by Transworld Airlines, TWA, was hit while climbing out of Milano Airport, all 68 on board died, 59 passengers, 9 crew. Then, in August 1963, a Vickers 708 Viscount registration Foxtrot Bravo Golf November Victor, with 20 people on board, 16 passengers and 4 crew, was descending to land at Lyon after a short flight from Lille in France. It was hit by lightning and crashed into houses close to the runway, killing one person on the ground, all on board. Then another accident in December 1963 saw a Boeing 707-121 Pan American Airlines jet registration November 709 Papa Alpha explode in mid-air when it was hit by lightning. As it flew between Washington and Baltimore, the plane was on initial approach when lightning ignited fuel in one of its tanks in the wings and it blew up. 81 people died, 8 crew, 
and 73 passengers. One of the scariest, though, involved a Lockheed L-188A Electra flown by Lancer of Peru. It took off from Lima heading to Jorge Chavez Airport with 86 passengers and 6 crew on the day before Christmas, 24th of December 1971. This is one of those flights that sounds terrible for the passengers, unfortunately. Around 40 minutes after takeoff, the aircraft entered a zone of extreme turbulence and lightning. After another half an hour of flying at flight level 210 or 21,000 feet, lightning hit the plane. That caused a fire on the right wing, which eventually separated from the aircraft, taking part of the left wing with it. The aircraft then crashed in flames and mountainous terrain. The structure had failed because of the loads imposed on the aircraft as it was thrown about in the thunderstorm, but it's also thought that the pilots may have worsened the situation by stress on the airframe when they're trying to maneuver the plane. In a similar accident in May 1976, an Iranian Air Force Boeing 747-131F, 10 crew and 7 passengers on board was flying to Madrid from Tehran when it flew into serious thunderstorm activity over Spain. The crew then advised Madrid they needed to divert to the left because of the storm clouds and asked to be vectored around the storm. Vectoring is where the radar operator on the ground provides the pilot with directions to fly and helps plot the route. The last radio contact was from the plane announcing they were descending to 5,000 feet. Later, the aircraft was found to have crashed in farmland after its left wings separated from the plane. This is similar to the previous incident in that the lightning bolt apparently entered the forward part of the plane and exited from a static discharger on the left wingtip. However, the lightning current's conductive path to the static discharge at the tip was through a strap along the trailing edge. Because the power of the lightning was concentrated on a single rivet, it flashed across that rivet and then ignited fuel vapors in number one fuel tank. This caused an explosion, the upper wing skinned to peel away, the wing began to oscillate, as it was no longer smooth, causing the entire wing to fail and fall off. These incidents serve to show that while aeroplanes are designed to survive a lightning strike, sometimes the power of that strike jumps protection that's built in. Our last example is a case in point. In February 1988, a Swearingen SA-227AC Metro plane, registration Delta, Charlie, Alpha, Bravo, Bravo, flying from Hanover to Mulheim, and carrying 19 passengers and two crew, was hit by lightning as it approached Mulheim. The entire electrical system failed. The crew then lost control of the plane. Its right wing broke off as it plummeted to the ground. The aircraft disintegrated. No one survived. As the pilots have flown around thunderstorms from our home base at Lanseria Airport, or FALA, F-A-L-A, in South Africa, we have extremely violent summer cumulonimbus storms, and you have to be really cautious about timing your flights particularly in the late afternoon. So that's all this week. Next week, we'll hear about the truly staggering air crash involving Japan Airlines Flight 123 in 1985. This was another accident that was avoidable and was blamed on incorrect repairs on a pressure bulkhead. 520 people died. Incredibly, four survived. A number of recommendations were made after this accident, and as you'll hear, one involved clearly separating hydraulic systems. Until then, aviate, navigate, and communicate safely. Goodbye.